Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode under the Influence series. The topic of today is called Influence of Mindset. And my name is Parsa Pekar. I'm a psychotherapist, professor, and author. For today, the question we are arising is, how does our mind affect and influence the world around us, which includes our relationships, the relationship we have with the world, and of course, the one which is the most important to ourselves. For the first part, we're going to do a book review, and the book that I've chosen is called The Mindset, which is the new psychology of success, and it's a book written by psychologist Carl Dweck, which was first published in 2006. And the book explores the concept of mindset and its impact on personal and professional development, achievement, and success. So first, I want to talk about a little bit the theory of what the book discusses. And then what I want to do is provide some practical applications based on those concepts that can help you to apply into your life. So in the book, Tuek introduces the idea of two main mindsets that people may adopt. There is the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. And the book talks about how this mindset significantly influences how individuals perceive and approach challenges, failures, and learning opportunities. So the fixed mindset are people who believe that their abilities, intelligence, and talents are inherent and they're unchangeable traits. So in that term, they would avoid challenges because they fear failure. They see as a, of course, which they see that as a reflection of their own limitations. They may feel threatened or jealous of other success as this challenges their own sense of self-worth. And what I would call these people who have the fixed mindset is they can easily end up in what we call the victim mindset, which they feel no sense of responsibilities and they usually blame their circumstances and the world around them because of their failures, whatever happens in their life. On the other side, there is the growth mindset, which individuals with the growth mindset believe that their abilities can be developed and improved toward effort, learning, and perseverance. And this gives them an opportunity to see the challenges as something they can learn, right, and grow. And they see the failure as natural part of that learning process. So the people with a growth mindset are more likely to embrace difficulties. They would take more risks and continue to develop their skills and knowledge. And the central theme of the book uh, revolves around the idea that adopting the growth mindset can lead to greater resilience, achievements, and of course, overall success in various areas of life, such as education, sports work and relationships. Something to have in mind is how we do one thing usually in one area is how we do it in another area as well. So if we have a self-discipline, right, just take that into an example, and we take that into our work, we usually and most likely we will have self-discipline in our relationship, in the way we study, etc. So it's important to have in mind that whatever we do, regardless of what we do, is our mindset that comes first and foremost. And this book encourages that idea. The author 
provides numerous example case studies and practical strategies to help readers understand, develop a growth mindset, which I'll go over some of those steps. And this book is especially very popular among uh, educators, uh, you know, for teachers and parents who recognize the importance of fostering a growth mindset in children to promote a love for learning and willingness to face challenges. So something I personally apply to my teaching method in classes is I really encourage students on having fun while they learn, okay? And I don't focus that much on the grade, even though I believe that's important and that's how they are rewarded for their positive behaviors, which has its own place. But I have three laws in my classes that I always discuss with my students for them to be successful. So first is for them to take responsibility, which means they turn assignments on time, they come on time to class, and they are ready to participate. I believe self-responsibility is the number one sign of maturity, and it's so important. The second thing and second laws of success in my classes is to be respectful. In order to have a positive community, it's important for the members to be respectful of each other's idea when they share, even though there might be differences, but we still need to be respectful. And the third law is to do their best, which means doing best for people can be different, but it means that you put your whole effort and doesn't mean to be perfect. So some of the key theories and concepts related to mindset and learning and achievements, uh, I'm going to discuss that. So the mind, of course, the mindset theory, which as mentioned er earlier, is the core theory exploring the book as its concept of the mindset. And the author, Dr. Dork, uh, proposes that in individuals' beliefs about their abilities and qualities can be classified into two main mindsets, which we discussed earlier, which is the fixed and growth mindsets. And these mindsets play a crucial role in shaping people's attitudes, behavior, an approach to challenges and opportunities. And we talk about this in therapy. And we believe that according to cognitive behavioral therapy, we believe how we think influence how we feel and in result influences how we behave in life. So when we wanna work with a client, we usually go to that initial thought or the belief that causes our feelings and our behavior. We also talk about the power of effort, which means uh, a significant aspect of the growth mindset is the belief in the power of effort, which individuals with a growth mindset understand the sustained effort and hard work are essential for achieving success. So they're more likely to put in the necessary time and energy to improve their skill and achieve their goals, which goals are so important when we are talking about this, right? Unless I believe we have certain goals or purpose, it's hard to put a hard work or so many hours into something or stay motivated. So based on the principle discussed in the mindset book, here are some practical steps that you can take to cultivate growth mindset and apply it to various aspects of your life. First and foremost, embrace challenges, right? Instead of avoiding challenges out of fear of failure, seek out new opportunities that push you out of your comfort zone. And of course, embrace challenges as opportunities to learn, grow, and develop new skills and building relationships. This is something I emphasize a lot uh, with people and my classes to make sure they have a network of people who are supportive. 
something I realized when I was doing some work at the jail with inmates. One time I remember I was seeing one this one inmate and I met someone previously who was very influential. And they gave me their number to reach out to them. And I was talking to this inmate and this conversation came up and I told him, you know, I received this number. I'm a bit worried to reach out. And something he said that stuck into my mind until now, and it comes to my mind in different circumstances. He said, you know, before you ask, you already have a no, right? Which means you don't know if they're going to say yes or no. And you have the no because you never asked. But if you ask, there is a possibility of a yes. And if they say no, well, you already had the no before that. So asking people for things or support or help or building relationship, you've already have the no, right? But what if you get the yes? And that's a growth mindset when we are t- talking about embrace challenges, especially in building relationship with people. Another practical step is to view failure as a learning opportunity. So we need to shift our thinking and perspective on failure. So instead of seeing it as a sign of, you know, something that you failed in life, view it as a natural part of the learning process, you know, analyze what went wrong, identify areas for improvement and use failure as a stepping stone towards success. The book also talks about adopting a yet mindset. So whenever you encounter a setback or face of a difficulty, add the word yet to your thoughts. For example, if you think I cannot do this, reframe it as is I cannot do this yet, right? And something about reframing, we also use that in psychology and narrative approach is you want to pay close attention on how you talk and say things and how you think. And you want to make sure you reframe it from negative to positive. So, for example, instead of saying this is hard, you can say this is challenging, right? That already changes the way you look at what you are doing. And of course, also we've seen it changes your body chemistry and the way you would approach the situation. Another key point is to cultivate curiosity and love for learning. So approach new challenges with curiosity and desire to learn, stay open to new information, feedback and perspectives. And the more you learn, you understand that the more you can adapt and grow. So understand that it's enjoyable to learn, right? Because then you can apply it. Another key point is to set learning goals. So set specific learning goals, uh, put into learning and focus on how you can acquire new knowledge and skills and measure your progress based on the effort you practice and you put into learning. Another key point is to understand and practice self-compassion. So be kind to yourself, right, when you face failures or step backs or facing challenges you know again when we are talking about reframing don't even call it failure call it a challenge or setbacks or you know find say it it was a way for you to okay you're one more step closer to what's working instead of what's not working another key point is to seek feedback and learn from others so having a mentor comes into such a great handy when we are talking about this point having someone who looks from the outside who knows the best for you and of course have the experience and they're able to provide that to you 
Another key point is to understand to persist and pers uh, persevere. So means when we face setback challenges and difficulties, remembering that progress, of course, takes time and effort, especially when we want to change our thinking. Because if you think about it, we live for certain mindsets for such a long time. But when we bring awareness to it, we are able to break the cycle and start to think new. But that change that takes some time. And in some cases, challenges to not go back to your old way of thinking. So implementing these practical steps, I believe we can start changing our mindset from fixed to growth, which helps us unlock our potential and embrace more fulfilling and successful journey in various aspects of our life. And again, the way we think is the way we do things. So it's important to have this mind as we move forward. And we're going to hear later from our guests and the student how our mindsets influence and affects the world around us. Michal, great to have you in our show. Please introduce yourself and give us one value and why that's important to you. Wow, thank you very much, Parza, for the invitation. I do appreciate this, uh, especially when we are from different countries and uh, we have been following uh, each other like a couple couple of weeks and uh, or months, I would say. Yeah. So it's it's a pleasure to to be here at first. So thanks. Um, so my name is, as you said, Michal. You can call me Michael. Uh, and I'm working as a mental coach uh, for more than 10 years, uh, working mostly with professional athletes and teams. And um, as a former uh, professional football player, I've been mostly working with uh, football teams. Uh, and I work uh, in my country. I work with uh, two teams um, in the past, so which was Trenčín and Slovan Bratislava. Then I uh, was working also for the Czech football team, uh, Liberec. And now uh, for the last four years, I've been working with a professional football team in Hungary. So, uh, and beside uh, this work, uh, I've been working also with pro professional athletes from uh, different sports, uh, mostly also a lot with hockey players, uh, because the Slovakia and Czech Republic are the hockey hockey uh, nations, I would say. So uh, a lot I've been working with uh, with those athletes. And a part of uh, working with professional athletes, I also work with uh, companies as well. And uh, some of the percentage of my work uh, is also uh, life coaching. So I've studied uh, educational psychology and educa and also uh, psychology of uh, of adults. Uh, so I have a doctorate uh, in uh, education of adults. And um, yeah, so I'm also interested in psychotherapy. So mm -hmm. I had a couple of uh, courses I've attended. So last year I finished uh, the course in uh, narrative uh, psychotherapy, and actually this year I also started uh, a new five-year uh, old uh, five-year long uh, program, which is PCA therapy. So uh, this is also something I, I try to bring to my clients besides uh, mental coaching. Awesome. And it's really nice to to talk about the values uh, that we that we really like. And I, for me, there are a couple of values. So I remind myself every single day uh, as a sort of my commitment. But I would say one of the most important values for me is authenticity. Mm. And why why is that? Um, you know, like um, when I remind myself uh, my my football career. 
I was not always authentic. I was like within the teams, I was trying to pretend that I'm somebody else. And and uh, now behind, you know, uh, all those years, I can see that uh, probably it was not the best approach, but uh, I was so um, conditioned by the environment uh, to be maybe somebody else that I was within. Mm. And um, a couple of years ago, I decided that I'm going to change it and I want to be really authentic. Uh, so this is one of the values I I'm still working on, you know, and as I said, so every single morning I have a kind of routine that I remind myself this is one of the values I would like to also achieve within the within the day. So for me, authenticity is the biggest value and is one of the things I want to be also authentic with my uh, with my clients as well, because I, I'm sure that uh, they feel it and they can be authentic as well. That's actually a great value. And I believe when we talk about high performers or athletes in our case, which we're going to get into it, authenticity is something that sometimes, as you mentioned, Michal, in your professional career, it was missing, right? Because there is this high expectation of you to be a certain way in the eyes of public. And many of athletes have realized they struggle with that, right? Because they have this standard that they have to perform to. And if they're not, they feel like a failure or so they try to hide or there are a lot of things, you know, people don't realize many times that they're also human, right? They all go through things and because they have that, you know, uh, big image, it doesn't mean they don't go through anything at all in their life. So many times they might not be as authentic as they want to be to the others. I fully agree with what you are saying, Parsa, like, uh, it looks like uh, since uh, since childhood we are so conditioned to believe that there are, for example, even certain only certain emotions that we should feel, and especially you know within the professional uh, uh, sport, like it is like a precondition to be like all the time confident, all the time happy, and you know like, and sometimes uh, we are so conditioned to believe that if we feel something else that we are not good and so that's the reason why we are not authentic um, in that sense so we try to become somebody else like we want to be like uh, like uh, to having uh, different faces you know as, as I, if i can say it like this and uh, for me this is something that is not connected to uh the value to we could bring to uh to life and to the world so I think every single person is individual and uh, also in terms of uh, emotions and feelings. And uh, it's, it's not like black and white, you know, that's that's what, what I sometimes see working with the teams, even, you know, like we only see the black and white vision and we should be like this or that. But the, there are also some other colors uh, like blue and red and pink and etc. So I think this should be also brought to uh to the field of professional sport like lately i had a very nice discussion with with one mental coach of a german football team mm. and he said like uh, i uh, probably the biggest uh value for he said for him is uh, to bring the uh the mental health to, to sports like more you know like uh, this is i think also related to authenticity you know like we sometimes behave like as if everything is all right but like inside deeply we feel that um there is something happening and we are not able to express it because uh, we have a mask that is saying, no, 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 you cannot express it because maybe the people around will see that you are vulnerable, you know? Yeah. And uh, for, for me, the authenticity also means that, like if I'm authentic, doesn't mean I have to talk to everybody about my feelings, emotions, but don't be afraid to to express that, you know, in, in of course, in a good way. Yeah, exactly. So uh michael today's topic we'll be discussing about the influence of mindset right and 
I'm so glad that we already got into it because, <laughs> of course, mindset is very much related to our mental health, the way we think, the way we feel, and what we believe about ourselves and the world around us. So my question to you is, Michal, as a professional, you know, athletes that you are yourself and now you're this men- you're a mental coach. And I want you to, first of all, explain what mental coach is for the listeners who might not be familiar with the concept. But also, how would you see our mindset influence our life? And, you know, in, in athletes' life, of course, it's their performance and their games. So please give okay. us explanation of what that's very good very good questions uh what you have asked me just now um so first of all maybe i can shortly describe how i see mental coach uh you know for me like everybody knows that who is the coach like for example we talk about uh professional football or soccer in america so Mm -hmm. they have uh, have have a coach and coaching is actually coming from the usa you know Mm -hmm. and um so um for me, coach is somebody that's trying to bring the potential of the clients uh, by supporting them, directing them uh, in a in a in a in a supportive way, uh, asking questions that are questions, and to find the potential inside of everybody. No, it's, it's not like an expert. Like I don't have to be an expert in the in the field I'm working with. Like I, I like for example, there's a difference a little bit when I can maybe compare a sports psychology and mental coaching. There are certain differences. But I think uh, it's very good if the mental coach has also the background in psychology in any way, you know, in any way, I think it's really advantage or in psychotherapy. There's also the reason why I like the psychotherapy field as well. And I try to combine it with the coaching mm-hmm. because um, at certain point I, I felt in my career that the coaching is a little bit limited. Uh, so like somebody asked me, like, you only ask questions, you know, and uh, yeah, no, I don't only ask questions. So Coaching and mentoring, I try to combine. So, you know, like if somebody asks me, like, what, 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 what does it mean to be a mental coach? Like there could be variety of uh, differences and also the answers for the same, uh, for, for the same question. So for me, mental coach is somebody that is trying to help the clients to, to reach the potential and to be the supportive, to be there that they can come back to him and they can discuss anything with him. Of course, it stays between them. So. <laughs> That's also very confidential. It is also very important in the job of mental coach, like in psychologists as well. And um, like personally, I can only tell, talk about myself and my experience. So I, I try to try to be as helpful as possible. And I try to be the best possible listener for the, for the client. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, in most of the cases, I, I don't put myself in a, in a, like in a position of an expert that is giving advices to, uh, to the client. But well, mutually, we are trying to find uh, the best uh, kind of so I wouldn't say I wouldn't say solution, but the best kind of mm, direction for the client that he's confident with uh, with this direction that he feels that ah, okay, this is something good for me. And uh, rarely I'm giving advice. So even in 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 a, just in a case that the client is really interested in mentoring, so then I do mentoring. I don't do a co- don't do coaching. I, I, I mostly I don't combine coaching and mentoring if the client asks for mentoring so I can be a mentor as well for that field yeah. but uh, coaching uh, mental coach is like somebody that's working a lot with uh, with the way how the client thinks but in, not in a way like I'm going to give you the ideas and what, how you should be thinking mm-hmm. uh, but we are trying to find uh, maybe the gaps uh, how the how the client is thinking and maybe he or she feels that oh, okay Maybe I can take a look at the same thing differently, you know, and you are helping the client to, to see, to take a look at the reality he creates or she creates 
from a different angle, from a different perspective. And then suddenly everything changes right. because the way how we create reality is from the inside out. The, the way how we think about ourselves and about the, about the life, about the world yeah. uh, defines our reality and it changes from moment to moment. So if the client sees this uh, for himself or for herself, then suddenly the reality changes. So I'm, tr I'm also trying to help the client to see that there could be another reality that is created from, uh, from the inside. Right. And the way I look at coaching is more future oriented, where you try to get clients to certain points. Yeah. Right. Therapy, we talk about how we process things, right? Or how we you form certain beliefs that got you in that place, right? So I believe the same. I believe you need both. And as either a therapist or a coach, your job is to help them to identify their limiting beliefs, which come from their past. And also right. guide them to their potential, which is more future, right? Oriented and see how they can develop certain exactly exactly about themselves that they can move forward. Yeah. Uh, so you would see that the influence of the mindset is right, it affects from inside out. I think you mentioned Michal. And, yeah, yes, yes. Uh, I think there is all, always this debate, right, between the nurture and uh, the uh, the nature, right? So we talk about sometimes it's the outside influence, sometimes it's our genetics. So I'm curious to know, Michal, uh, do you believe there is a balance in between or you believe our outside has more influence than our, you know, genetics? What What's your belief on that? That's, I would say it's a combination of both because mm -hmm. only say, no, oh, it's only one way. Yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't say that. So it's a combination of the outside in and inside out approach as well. But in my own experience, when I direct the, the clients, uh, from, like in a way to the inside out understanding that we see the reality from the inside, uh, then how we can influence that in my own experience, it gives more power to the, to the hands of the client. Yeah. Because most of the people that I start working with, maybe sometimes they have some troubles and uh, there is actually one very common thing. They blame somebody outside of them for, for the, for the way how they feel for the way where they are you know so mm. like it's it's an innocent thing i'm not saying that uh <laughs> i would say something better about the client but it's, it's really innocent so they they looking for the outside causes of, of they for example feelings emotions uh, the the way how they feel the world where they are so they didn't have like the idea that maybe maybe the way i'm thinking about myself and the way how i see the world can also have direct impact on, on my reality right now yeah but of course it's a combination of things so if somebody is like really really in a difficult outside situation i cannot say ah oh, it's on the inside out it's the way how you think of course it's influenced by that as well yeah i've been working also with the with the people now that that come uh that come to, to my country from ukraine which is uh, currently under war and I cannot say that people, it's only the way how you think about the war. It's not about the way how we, you know, uh, take a look at it. So, yeah, I would say, for example, I can use a, a, a late discussion with one football player. He's a professional football player. He's from Ukraine. And now he, he, he plays in Hungary. Mm -hmm. And I was asking, like, okay, it's difficult uh, to talk about the, the war because it's one of the, probably one of the worst things that could happen to somebody in a, in a, in a real life. Yeah. And uh, he said, like his city was bombarded, and he said he was really in a in a fear. Uh, actually, his his father is still there, so he's afraid of of his father. Mm. But he said, but Michael, when I take a look at that bad situation, I still see that there is something positive inside. I said, wow, 
mm. what an insight. I said, what is that positive thing? And he said to me, if there wouldn't be any war, probably I wouldn't be here in Hungary. I would stay in Ukraine to play football. So I had now had better opportunity to, to, uh, to expand my career here. So there is, uh, there is, uh, better, uh, like conditions over here than, than in Ukraine. So he, he, he said like this, and I, I had really goosebumps as he was saying this. And like to, to take a look at the same situation, you still can find something positive. And now I'm not a big supporter of like positive psychology all the time. You need to think positive. No, not at all. But to see the situation from a different perspective, at least for a, a couple of moments, gives the, the life another, like, I would say energy or so, like another perspective. And you got another perspective. Yeah, that's completely the reality changes. And I think this is one of the biggest advantages that uh, I am trying to uh, help the clients is, is to see the reality can be really uh, influenced uh, the way how we take a look at the things, how we the way how we think about ourselves and about the world. And this is also related. You said it parts of a couple of minutes ago. It relates to the future, to the vision we have. Mm-hmm. Because if you have a, a right vision, I mean, um, right, I don't mean you're, there is a certain right vision because the right vision for you could be different than for mine, but the right vision for that per, uh, for that person. I think this gives um, the confidence uh, in, in the way how you live the life. And uh, this gives you the, also the energy to live for something, you know. And, you know, like as soon as I work with somebody that I feel that he's lost, he's depressed or he's anxious, and I ask him about the vision where he's heading. Mm. In 99%, those people, they don't know that. Mm. Yeah. Or sometimes they're related, okay, my vision is to earn money and to buy this. Or my vision is to be, uh, I don't know, famous. Or my vision is to have that, that amount of money. So they always look outside. But they don't, uh, by vision, I don't mean only the goals, like external goals. By vision, I mean who you are. How you like to develop, how you see yourself, and how you see the world. Yeah. That's for me the, the the strongest vision we could we could have. Exactly. And what comes to my mind when you were talking about changing the way you think about situation is as you mentioned, Michal, earlier about narrative therapy approach. It's the way your language affects, right? Your the word and your story in this case, right? So oh, yeah. we all have certain stories that we tell ourselves and to the world outside. And it's usually made of the way we talk, right? Out of our languages. And even if you think about it, Michal, like instead of, for example, saying I failed at this, for example, I failed at this project. If you say that, you see your body reacts differently. But if you say, for example, I learned through this experience and this project, you realize your body automatically reacts more positively, right? So it's it's so connected, yes. Yeah, exactly. The way we speak about ourselves and the things that are happening to us can certainly affect the way we look at things and of course the world around us. And as you were mentioning about this player, that's what comes to my mind, right? He has this narrative for himself that even in those challenging situations, there is some opportunities or good things that we can all see, right? And it's sometimes oh, yeah. challenging, but still it's oh, yeah. possible. Oh, yeah. And something I really encourage Michal people is to always try to use vocabularies that are not negative, right? Like, yes, yes. Not say it's hard work even, say it's challenging, you know, that gives you a little more curiosity and, you know, more push to do it. Like try to see what words sound a bit negative or it affects you or your mind. Because if I say, let's say this is hard work, automatically your mind 
decides, okay, this is hard, right? So it's hard for you to get engaged. You might be distracted easily. Oh, yes. In some case. So try to use vocabularies that are going to motivate you or inspire you to do things. So that's I what agree. I always recommend. I so, agree. Yeah. So Michal, I have a question. Let's say an athlete comes to you, right? For a mental coach, which I believe it can be an athlete, a client in different fields, high performers, individuals. What are the questions that you would ask them? I think you mentioned them. Maybe you asked, what do you want? Who are you? Is that what you ask them first to help them where they want to go? One of the first questions, yes. Um, so, of course, if the client is coming, we see for the first time. Yeah. So, so I ask him for the first time, like, what do you really want? And uh, what is limiting you to achieve this? Those are the first two questions, mostly. Of course, he, so he's talking about the problems. Maybe he's talking about uh, self-development. So I don't only work with the, with the clients that are facing some troubles or problems. So I also work with the clients that they want to develop. So yeah. that's also a very nice part of the job. And um, so the first question is, what do you want? How, how hard do you want it? It's mm-hmm. also a second question. And what is limiting you to achieve this? Yeah. So we work with the vision. We work uh, about the, the way how we how we think, of course, the way how he approaches his life, the way how he's thinking about, uh, for example, if it is a let's say a football player, so the way how he sees football, yeah. what he would like to achieve in that, what is currently limiting him. So yeah. we talk about the way how we uh, we see his reality. So we also talk about his mind, how uh, you know about his beliefs. Because a lot, you know, like everybody of us has got some limiting beliefs. So we, we are exploring those uh, beliefs. I'm also interested in his values. That's also very important for me. The values, the needs he has got. That's also very important. Needs, values, uh, uh, vision. Those are the main topics I'm, I'm uh, discussing with the clients, and because of course step by step, so it's not not like okay now you are going to I'm going to do a miracle with you for one hour, and I will change all your limiting beliefs. We will set up the vision and the values. We change uh, for better, of course. No, for me, mm, I'm interested in a longer cooperation with the clients. Of course, if I work with some clients, that yeah, okay, this is the problem. For example, I'm stressed before the match, so please help me with that. Of course, I, I'm trying to help as, as fast as possible that he can see some results in that because he is really struggling with this, with the with the too much stress before the performance, yeah. like performance anxiety and so on. And and for that maybe we can have four or five sessions and uh, he already feels the release. He already feels the relief out of the uh, pre-performance anxiety. But if you want to go deeper, then I need also some more sessions because if I'm going to talk about your limiting beliefs. If I'm going to talk about the values, the way how you see life, about your needs, it takes time. Right. It takes time, you know. And I believe those are great questions. Another question comes to my mind that, especially for professional athletes, is what sacrifices are you willing to make, right? For Yes, that's related to the question, how how hard do you want it, really? That's, that's uh, sacrifices, that's another word, yes. Because I think many people don't see that that many of these athletes who perform at the highest level they make so many sacrifices right and it's something that comes along with their profession and I believe it comes along with any profession if you want to make it to a top you have to make some sacrifices at some level in your life 
and it's good to ask them to for them to see that and also understand that there will be some of things they need to put aside right for them to be successful so great Michal for our last question and I've been really enjoying our conversation is we always ask our guests if you would like to give the listeners one way for them to serve uh, you know their community their family etc what would that be so what would you recommend for our listeners mm-hmm. That's a very good question. So it's right relates to the to the value I've said at the beginning of our conversation today, authenticity. But another thing uh, came to my mind, which is also very important. One of the most important values in my life is kindness, mm. kindness and helpfulness. You know, kindness. I would say. So if we if every single person uh, understands who or he or who or he or she is. Am I in, in a core? Like he understands he's much more. For example, when we are talking about uh, high performance and professional athletes, if they really get it, get in touch with their inner essence, you know, they will see that they are far more uh, than only football players or hockey players. Or, you know, if people see see that, you know, they they have a touch with that inner 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 presence, that uh, for sure that would influence their kindness to the world as well. Because they would see that, okay, we are all connected. I don't mm-hmm. want to be negative to that. I don't want to hurt somebody. Even though I don't want to be uh, to be hurting the nature or animals or other people. It doesn't make sense to me because we are the same essence. And yeah. for me, that's the most important message. Of course, I cannot open this topic um, uh, to my new client on the first session. But as soon as we have a good relationship, we go to that topics as well and we discuss it because... It sounds a little bit spiritual, but for me, it's also very important to to touch. And um, yeah, there are actually some experimental things as well that we, I can show him that it's not only the the way I think, but we can also uh, combine it with uh, with lots of a lot of science as well. This is what I like also as to bring uh, bring also to my practice. But really, kindness is one of the things I think the actual world needs most. We mm-hmm. don't need maybe. I don't know, people that are more wealthy or <laughs> more successful or have more followers on Instagram. We mm-hmm. need people that are kind and we are kind to the nature, to others. Um, and I think this is one of the, the values I'm also trying to um, expand in my, in my life as well. Of course, sometimes I think that I could be more kind to, so to especially to <laughs> one of my loved ones. <laughs> this is, but uh, but I'm trying my best, you know, as every human being. So I think kindness uh, is something that uh, the the actual world misses uh, so much. Yeah, certainly kindness can be an act of service. And what I always say, Michal, and it's always it's proven through research too that when we serve, we are the happiest people. So oh, we yeah. not only oh, make yeah. people happy, but we also make ourselves happy. So it's always win-win. Situation. Oh yes, oh yes. This is great. This is great. It's mutual. I would say uh, I would call it like mutual cooperation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's the reason why we why we love our job. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Great, Michal. Well, thanks for being here. I appreciate uh, your conversation. Any last words you have for our listeners? I do appreciate parts of the invitation to do your podcast. Uh, as I said, of course, uh, as you can see, the, like we are speaking, uh, we are getting more in the flow. I would say we can have a podcast for for two hours. So with our interruption, I, I would say some of the topics you open up are so so nice, but so wide, so huge that we can talk for hours. 
but really i appreciate the, the invitation and i wish you good luck uh, uh, in your career and of course uh in your next uh guest as well so you are doing good job and i, I like that uh, i have somebody uh uh like a friend uh, i can say already now so i'm i'm happy that i could share some of the ideas uh, for my personal uh, personal and professional uh work so thanks very much thank you Michal. thank you so have a good day bye Now I have one of my former students. Monir, so good to have you. Thank you for having me and uh, congratulations on all the success. I'm very happy for you, Professor P. Thank you, Monir. How have you been? Oh, I've been great. Uh, blessed. Um, I've, I've, I've had a lot of time off uh, because I sold my business recently. So uh, I've been focusing on 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 uh, my education and just doing um uh, part-time jobs here and there, but uh, overall, I've been great. Mm -hmm. Monir, can you give the listeners a little bit background about yourself, you know, your program, and also choose a value that's important to you and tell us why? Sure. So um, my name is Monir Helmi. I was born and raised in Casablanca, Morocco. Um, I came to the U.S. in 1998. Um, I was 18 years old. I didn't speak English. I spoke Arabic and French um, and um, stayed with my brother at first. And then I, I moved out on my own and I worked odd jobs from uh, janitor to um, uh, manager for uh, Bank of America to working for Disney to owning my business. Um, I've also uh, owned and operated uh, a nonprofit organization. Uh, so um, I have an e eclectic background um, when it comes to my career. Um, as far as personally, um, I currently have a 14-year-old son that I'm raising with my ex-wife. And so uh, that is my focus going forward Um and then education-wise, um, it took me 20 years to get a bachelor's degree um, uh, because life happens. And and but I I thought to myself, it's never too late to get the bachelor's um, and and get a um, a master's after that. So I'm currently in a LMFT program at Pepperdine University, um, and uh, I'm uh, halfway done with the program. As far as um, the um, uh, something I, I want to focus on today, it's patience. It's something that I've learned uh, throughout my professional and personal life. Uh, the older I'm getting, the more patient I am. And also having a, a child, uh, uh, a teenager uh, would teach you a lot of patience. And so um, I find myself uh, utilizing that skill uh, uh, more and more, and uh, but I'm, I'm getting better at it. Yeah, and that's such an important value to have as a therapist, because working with clients and you know knowing that you work with a lot of them can require a lot of patience. And 
I believe when we have compassion, patience becomes much more possible. So absolutely. Great. Glad uh, you shared those, Monir. So Monir, today's topic is the influence of mindset. And we are talking about how our thinking, beliefs affect, you know, and influence the way we live our life. And of course, the world around us, our relationship. So what is your view on that? How do you think our mindset affects and influences the way we interact with the world? Right. So this leads me to think about some of the conversations I have with my son. And because he is, you know, discovering who he is and asking questions and so on. And so I had a discussion with him a couple of weeks ago in regards to mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, first, he went to his room uh, and picked up this rock that I had on, on the desk. And he said, what is this, Papa? And I said, well, this is the, the rock that we picked up, uh, I believe, eight years ago when we were hiking. Mm-hmm. And he said, I don't remember that. And I said, yeah, you don't remember a lot of things. But that's the reason why I picked up the rock. And the reason why I picked up the rock and and when we were hiking at the time, and I explained to you that you have to, you have to, you know, have a a mindset like a rock sometimes Mm. and be able to, to be able to sustain some of the assaults that you're going to be getting from the outside world, the outside environment is, is you have to be uh, steady like a rock, like, like the song says. And, and be able to handle um, uh, uh, certain things that come at you, um, and and so you know, as far as being patient, being persistent, and and uh, being committed to something, you have to you have to kind of maintain that that steady flow of um, commitment. The the other thing that comes to mind is the the the. You know, I told him I've, I've been working out a lot, but it's hard to commit to working out every day. But what I what I do sometimes is I trick my mind into uh, um, going out and working out that particular day by um, either if I go to work, I'm going to take my workout clothes with me, so that way I'm I'm I don't have an excuse. I I, I can't say, well, no, I don't have my clothes and. You know, I'm I'm driving by an area where I can hike. So when I take my clothes with me, I'm tricking my 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 mind into agreeing to the workout. Mm. And so when I start working out, you know, like everybody knows, you realize that well, I should have been doing this before. Like, why didn't I start working out in the morning and so on and so forth? Because you start feeling the benefits of the workout. Yeah. So in a way, you try to trick your mind into agreeing to something because our mind, I believe, is full of contradictions and, and negative thoughts and and uh, whether whether it's internally created or thoughts that other people uh, you know send to us or, or suggest to our brains and and we we have this you know uh, fight going on in our brains of why should you be doing this and why are you doing that and, and so on and so forth so there these are negative thoughts that that try to argue for you to not be doing what you're doing if that makes sense yeah you know what comes to my mind when you as you are talking there is this of course long-standing debate between nurture and versus nature right and we use that also in psychology that 
some things, of course, is genetics, but some things are environment, right? And yes. when it comes to our mindset too, I believe uh, there is a balance of both where we, I believe if we want to be leaders, we are the ones who influence the world, but we cannot deny yes. the fact that the world can influence us in so many ways. Right? Yeah. Through different platforms nowadays social media is very big you know different ways that we can be influenced so what's your take on that do you believe that there is that balance that there we are affected by the world but we are also influencing it or where do you stand in that debate i would say well that's the thing is you have to it it you know it took me you know 40 years to to not do something the right way let's say mm-hmm. uh, so so for me to create a new habit it's not gonna be easy and so I have to create that discipline and that routine so that the working out and doing the right thing becomes the 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 the, the, the norm so yeah, if yeah. the norm for 40 years was not to work out not to eat healthy, then it's going to take me a while to make the norm working out every day, eating healthy every day. So for, for that to become the norm, it's difficult because you're changing 40 years of history. Mm-hmm. And so when you're faced with that, um, it it's, it's, a, it's an uphill battle, especially if you have people or energy around you that suggest that you do not do the right thing. Right. So if, if it's media, if it's friends, if it's family that tell you, why are you working out every day? What are you trying to prove? And they either come out and say those words literally to you mm-hmm. uh, or they suggest those things. So they they sometimes unintentionally make you feel bad for going to work out because they're not doing that. Right. So you feel that negative energy coming from sometimes a loved one. Um, sometimes intentionally and sometimes not, um, of what are you trying to prove here? I haven't worked out in a year and you're working out every day. Are you trying to make me feel bad? Now, I know for a fact that people don't intentionally want to say that, but in a way their energy says that. And, and so you have to fight that. You have to fight those thoughts and you have to uh, recondition your brain to start doing something different than what you've been doing for 40 years, 35 years, however your age is. So it's difficult. And but if you if you establish that that discipline, that routine of something that you know works, right? So there's nobody out in the world that would say working out is bad or eating healthy is bad. You know it works, but having to recondition the brain and the body to do those things takes time. And you just have to be patient uh, talking about patience again. And, and so um, you can, and, and so, you know, I, I say this to my son a lot. I say, if it's easy, you should worry. If it's hard, then it's probably the right thing you're doing. So it's going to be hard. It's, it's, it's not going to be easy at all. Yeah. Change is something that, of course, starts with ourselves. It's not always easy. And the yes. way I look at it is as human beings, we have that capability to influence the world. And for that to happen, I believe we need purpose, right? We need to, to have certain mm-hmm. plan. And if we don't have mm-hmm. that, the world's going to make that for us. 
And mm -hmm. I believe usually that's not so nice. So it's important to have our own plans, goals, mm -hmm. and schedule that we want to follow through and understand that, okay, how do we want to influence the world in our own mm -hmm. unique and specific way? Uh, mm -hmm. For our last question, Monir, and this is something we always ask the audience uh, and for our listeners is, what would you say uh, if you want to encourage listeners for one act of kindness, what would that be? One act of kindness. I want to I, I want to quote uh, Bill Gates here because I heard him say this one time and I was shocked. Um, he said that I'm doing I give back. I do charitable things and, and give give back, give money out more for selfish reasons. And at first, I was taken aback. I was like, "What do you mean for selfish reasons? You're doing it for you more than for the for the receiving party." And in a way, he's right uh, because when we do um, uh, nonprofit work, when we do things uh, for free. Um, and 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 it's something that benefits another human being. I cannot describe to you, and I've I've been in that position, thank God, multiple times, and and the feeling was just overwhelming. You know, felt it brought me to tears at times, and 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 I would just sit down and just pray, and 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 because the feeling is irreplaceable. Um, and there's it's it's there's nothing that compares to giving back to someone for free, giving your time for free, giving things for free. Um, that feeling is, is, is amazing. And so doing it just simply for selfish reasons is enough. But, but think about the, the change that you're going to make, right? So if, if you, know, you go out and you clean uh, a beach, Right. So you're, you know, and I've done that and, and you're picking up syringes from from the beach. And so think about the, the boy that's not going to be hurt by that syringe. Mm. doesn't have to be, you know, you know, uh, amazing or huge or on the news. Uh, it, it could be simply just cleaning up your neighborhood. And, I, and I've done that as well. And it just it felt amazing. It's just my neighborhood, my block. Uh, me and a neighbor of mine, and 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 we went out and we cleaned around the neighborhood, and and you would not believe the thanks that we received from our neighbors, and and we established relationships with neighbors that we haven't talked to for for years. Um, it doesn't have to be big. Start wow. small, and and you're gonna feel uh, the better for it. Exactly. And in, in it's those small things that's going to add up, right? And make something mm -hmm. big. That's the way I look at it. Because when we do it consistently and every day, mm -hmm. I believe eventually it turned out to this big thing, right? As you were saying, when you, you influence your environment, you, you know, you build relationships with people. And of course, as you mentioned, you feel good about yourself, right? Because you feel... Absolutely you've been useful in some way. So that's something else. And it's always a win-win situation. Monir, thanks for being here. And I Pleasure. wish you a great rest of your term, okay? Thank you very much, uh, 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 Professor P. And I wish you luck. And, and I feel honored for, uh, for participating in this uh, project of yours. And I wish you luck. And, and uh, please stay in touch. Okay, thanks, Monir. 
thanks for tuning in and I look forward to be with you in the next episode. And meanwhile, if you want to stay connected, you can reach me via email at contact at parsapaycar.com.